What's up, everybody? Welcome to Trending for Four Quarters, only on DSM Media. I am your host, Phil Stifle, and I'm honored because she showed up. You know, that that was step one. Uh, we've got a very special guest, one of my favorite podcasters out there, Football Kelly. Uh, you might hear her uh, podcast on Eagle, or Eagles Unfiltered. Um, she does a great job. She's got about 30-plus 30, 30 episodes. She just had a great one drop yesterday or today with Farzi, Mark Farzetta. Um, Great episode, great listen. Welcome to the show, Football Kelly. Thank you for having me. Super honored to have you here. I got to say, before we talk Eagles, um, I got to ask you, you've had in your 30-plus episodes a who's who of guests. And I think I had some pretty cool guests, but you've had some amazing ones. Who is your favorite guest you've got to interview in the first you know year and a half that you've been doing shows? I mean, it's honestly a really tough question to answer because it's just don't want to upset any of them well it's not just like upsetting them because it's just like every single time somebody says yes to you you feel like so honored that like Mm -hmm. they're willing to take out the time to do it um but when i was starting to consider and entertain the idea of doing a podcast like i wasn't necessarily like super confident that i would be able to do one so like I just started putting out feelers like who would I even ask to do it and like what would the concept be how would I differentiate myself from like other content producers on the Eagles beat because let's face it like there's so many Eagles fans that are diehards that have their own thing going on I don't want to step on anybody's toes I want to like create my own lane try to do something different try to add something new to uh, what's going on in the Eagles sports uh, media like era, I guess you'd call it with podcasts nowadays. So um, I guess the most special, I don't know if it's the best, but I think the most special one for me uh, was when Jennifer Slay said yes to coming on because she was the first one I reached out to. Um, And Behind the scenes, people don't know this, but behind the scenes, me and her tried to record several times and like the technology wasn't working. Like we tried to use different um, like recording like platforms and her computer wasn't working or my computer wasn't working and it just wasn't 
allowing us to record anything. And it was super frustrating and I felt awful about it. It like took us such a long time to figure it out and like troubleshoot the problem. And at the end of the time, she was like, I really have to go. Like I had to get the kids to bed, like whatnot. And I was like, yeah, like I, I'm so sorry. Like I, I wasted your time. I'm so, so sorry. And she was like, let's, let's like figure this out. Like let's try to do it another time. So when I say she's the nicest human being and the, like on the planet, like I mean it, like she knew how much it meant to me. She knew that it was my debut episode. Like I wanted her to be like my introduce, my introduction to the podcast space. And so when she was willing to do it again and made more time for me, like I understand like people are busy. They've got things going on. She's got kids like, her husband's in the NFL, like a lot's going on in her life. When she made extra time just to like sit down and chat with me about what was going on with the team, even though they were bad at that point, like they weren't playing well. Like she was just so genuine, so like kind and like willing to like answer all the questions I had as genuinely as possible. And so if, if nothing else, like I just remember that interview so specifically because it was my first and it was just a little bit of a trial and error type of situation. <laughs> and she was just an incredible person to really get to know during that time. So definitely Jennifer Slay. I understand. It definitely can be an issue sometimes with equipment, internet connections, so many different things. And I remember it's a total side tangent. But in college, I had a radio show. And it was small channel, obviously, in college. But we did a show. And we recorded our bet. We did a show for two, two years. The best episode, it was towards the end of our, our you know, senior year. And I get a phone call at the radio station. I'm old. So this is, you know, you still had a call in. You we didn't have cell phones back then, you know, right. on campus. Again, I'm old. Um, and I get a phone call at the studio from one of my, my roommates saying, dude, when are you guys going to go live? I'm like, well, we just finished a two-hour show, and it was amazing. Great interaction, great guests and all. They're like, I looked around, and I looked behind the equipment. I never flipped the switch on. Oh, wow. So we did a two-hour amazing show with guests and everything else and never flipped the switch on. So, you know, it happens, hey. obviously. I did click go live. So we are live right now, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Make sure everybody's sharing it out. Drop your questions, comments for Football Kelly in there. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. We appreciate it. Um, so let, let's let's talk football. Let's talk our Eagles. That's what we love. That's why you're here. Um, I know you went to the open practice the other day. Um, the one thing I love about when you know following you and seeing your posts and your shows, you're a very positive person, you know, and you, and you keep the positive outlook, which is what I try to do. I believe in that power of positivity when talking and looking about looking at the Eagles. Um, I put out a, a, a post the other day. Got a lot of great interaction. And I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with it. I said the other day that Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, I have 110% bought into them as leaders of this football team. Whether that'll translate to wins or losses, we don't know. But I'm buying in as leaders. What are your thoughts on them as the people? Not necessarily whether they'll win us games or take us to the promised land or not. How are you feeling about Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni, the person? Yeah, I mean – the thread that has kind of been carried from last season on to this season with Jalen Hurts has been 
everybody who's pointed out his leadership. Um, and you can't deny that a person who is able to lead a locker room has a powerful force. Um, mm -hmm. Leadership is so crucial to that position at quarterback. I think that Jalen Hurts is proving what we needed in a Philadelphia sports world where everybody's a critic, everybody will like kind of go into scrutiny on every word you say. And the last guy struggled with that. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts is very polished with what he says. He's very refined with what he says. And I think that it resonates well with his locker room, with the players in that room. Uh, it also resonates well with a lot of Eagles fans who were frustrated by the lack of transparency on what was going on before the Wentz trade went down because there's a lot of people myself included who really supported Wentz and wanted to see him figure it out like you were paid like the money was there like you were supported and um, maybe you didn't like the second round pick and maybe a lot of fans didn't like the second round pick so early on in your quarterback franchise you know, record breaking, you know, contract. But to be honest, like what would have happened if everything fell apart last year and we didn't have Jalen Hurts? Like what yeah. would we be looking at right now? So it's hard to say in, in retrospect, if uh, Carson Wentz would have struggled as much as he did last year, if the Eagles didn't draft Jalen Hurts, but You've seen time and time again where really good quarterbacks can overcome those things. And um, so Jalen Hurts coming in as a rookie quarterback without a preseason last year, um, who is, you know, really in this really awkward quarterback room, handled it so well. Like, I don't know if anybody gives him enough credit for the fact that he handled it as well as he did last year. Um, and then stepped into that game in Green Bay, and I honestly thought there was a chance they could have won that game if he went in a little earlier. Uh, I know a lot of fans thought, like, oh, the defense started playing better, like, right when Jalen Hurts went in, and that's not a correlation on what Wentz was doing. I mean, it, the, it goes to say, like, Jalen Hurts is a team player. Like, he's definitely involved in – getting people rallied on the sideline. He talks to his players. He tries to get involved on the sideline. So I expect to see that a lot this year. Uh, I expect to see more than we did with Carson Wentz on the sideline. And although I might say that Carson Wentz is a more gifted quarterback talent that everybody can't deny, like six foot five type player, um, Jalen Hurst has a lot of the uh, intangibles that you honestly don't have unless you have been that guy for a long time. He is um, a very commanding presence, even if he's not saying a lot. And every single day you hear the beat reporter saying he's on that field 30 minutes, 40 minutes after practice. Uh, and if your quarterback is that guy, who are you to say, I'm not going to be that guy as well? He's leading by example. Um, and when it comes to Nick Sirianni, there's still so much to be written on who he is as a coach, but I love the duality of him. I think I 
commented on this with uh, Mark Forsetta during the episode last uh, this week that, you know, he's wearing like player shirts and like trying to be this like player guy, this player's coach. And it's really fun to see his interaction with them, his enthusiasm. And then you hear during the actual practices, he's laying down the law. Like you've got to get ready. Like you've got to be learning these things on the spot. And that's the kind of thing that I feel like players can feel they're actually developing through. Um, And in previous uh, coaching staffs, we struggled to see any real growth when it came to the players. So um, hoping to see, especially on the wide receiver core, some definite uh, steps forward for these younger players. Yeah, so uh, you, you actually bring up a great thing with the wide receivers. We'll get to that in a second. But you, you said how well Hertz handled it last year. And that's something I've been talking about since last year because people forget the same situation he went through here with Wentz. And, yes, you first mentioned him as the former quarterback. Then you used his name. And George knows I don't like to mention his name because I try to move on from the past and focus yeah. on the future and the current. Uh, but I was a huge Carson fan. Um, but Jalen Hurts went through the same exact thing in Alabama, and he handled it like a pro as a 19-year-old kid. Why wouldn't he handle it as a pro now? You know what I mean? So he's used to this kind of you know, doubt, adversity, doubt, whatever you want to call it. So, and, and I mean, he went through it at Alabama, went to Oklahoma, and still made it to the championship game. I, was, I don't know if it was the championship game or the semifinal game, uh, you know, where he, he lost to Alabama. You know, he, he's used to this, and he's used to having to prove the doubters wrong. So, again, I don't doubt his ability to at least put 110% out there, lead these guys forward. You know, I, I, I'm rooting for him. I've been rooting for him since the day he got benched for Tua in Alabama. So I, I really, truly hope he does well this year and proves, as I think George said here, doubters, not uh, – he forget the words he used in our comments section here, doubters, not haters. If someone else said haters in the comment section. Yeah, he, he, he proven those doubters wrong. Uh, is what I'm hoping for. There's not enough. There's not enough tape on Jalen Hurts to say whether or not he can be successful in this league. Um, as much as you want to criticize uh, poor performance here and there on the last few games of the season, um, what he did against the Saints and the Cardinals, in my opinion, was fan- phenomenal. And you have to have context of the situation. No, mm-hmm. no rookie quarterback is thrown into that atmosphere and expected to do much. I mean, Carson Wentz had the worst season of his career, and nobody thinks that, like, he sucks as a quarterback. He mm-hmm. is, you know, worth a third round and possibly a first round pick in this league. I mean, that yep. doesn't mean that a team thought he was, you know, Jared Goff even. Jared Goff wasn't even traded for that much. So those two guys are going to be compared until the end of time. People are constantly yeah. going to compare Jalen Hurts to what Carson Wentz is doing in Indy. Uh, but let's remember that the Colts were a playoff team last year. The Eagles struggled to stay healthy enough to win four games. Uh, so there is context to this whole situation. Much as the players in that locker room are doing for him right now and he also he had a tattered offensive line so just like Carson did you know wide receivers you brought him up a few moments ago had a very 
poorly built wide receiver, you know, core last year. It's better this year with, you know, Devontae Smith and all. Um, but, you know, it's not like he had all these amazing weapons, you know, to perform at an extremely high level. Um, what do you think of the wide receivers this year? I mean, I know you were at the open practice the other day. I know the 53-man roster came out. There's a lot of interesting conversations going on with the skilled positions, the running backs, the wide receivers. You know, when I put a post out there asking for questions for you, my man Scotty asked what you think will be how many wide receivers they'll keep, six, five, seven, whatever. You know, my, myself and George gets ripped all the time because we think Ortega Whiteside is going to make the team, not because he's the best wide receiver, just for other reasons. We think he's going to make the team. You know, wh wh what are your thoughts on the wide receivers that they got right now? Does Ortega Whiteside make the team or not? Um, I still think he does over Hightower. Um, do they keep six, though? If they keep five, which some people are saying, then then, then he's gone. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on how adding Devontae Smith to that core all of a sudden makes everybody else better? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting um, situation the Eagles have at the wide receiver um, position because there isn't really – Outside of maybe Fulgham being a 50-50 guy, another guy like J.J. that could win those contested catches outside of Devontae Smith. Um, but you do think, at least I think, um, you need that value on special teams to be that back-end wide receiver guy. You know, like, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I think How Hightower has a little bit of an edge because he – could be a special teams player and Fulgham and Quez Watkins. You see uh, Jalen Rager, obviously, and Devontae Smith being locks. I personally don't see JJ making the roster. Uh, I know that that was <laughs> uh, something that we talked about in the comments before the show. I would love him to prove me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to root against any player that's on this team. If he's able to, you know, demonstrate in a couple of games that he could be an influential, influential player and take on some special teams responsibilities, maybe he does get uh, some attention from this coaching staff that's trying to make hard decisions. Uh, in my opinion, we're probably going to keep four running backs. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe five wide receivers. We we really need depth on the O-line. We really need depth on the D-line. I personally think that uh, five wide receivers is probably enough to suffice for the, for the moment, um, especially because you're keeping Ertz now. People didn't expect Ertz to be on the roster this year. Ends up that, you know, he just might be a starting tight end mm -hmm. uh you know, we might be doing more of a, uh, you know, twelve-man formation situation than you would have you have it originally planned. But um, I don't really think that there's a space for J-Jaw to be on this team. Looking at the full roster and what you're cutting down from getting to fifty-three. I I'll say I, I wasn't. You know, I keep saying that Jay Jaw is going to make the team, but there's always that doubt in my mind. You know, I, I, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, give this kid a chance and all. But I think the High Tower injury might give him that opportunity. You know, High Tower could start on that, you know, injured reserve list with you know chance to come back later in the season. 
that gives, you know, Jay Jaw that last spot, maybe. If they go five, then he's obviously done. Um, and, you know, like I said, you said running backs four, you know, absolutely. But again, just like there's some tough calls with Ortega Whiteside and Hightower and, you know, these guys at wide receiver, you know, you look at it. You got Miles Sanders and you got Boston Scott. I actually thought Boston Scott Not was. Gamewell. I'm sorry? Gamewell is going to be a receiver out of the backfield for sure. Absolutely. So well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I thought Scott was like. keeping at running back, it almost doesn't make sense to keep six wide receivers. I could almost see. I, I always, I, you don't want to say four and six. I, I kind of feel like there should be 10 in that group. So you might keep a fifth running back and keep only five wide receivers. It's a good point because you got Sanders, you got Boston Scott, you got Gainwell, you got Carrion Johnson, you got Jason Huntley, who I'm actually a big fan of, especially on special teams, which, you know, George said we should talk special teams. You know, Huntley is a guy that can return kicks. Um, you got still got Jordan Howard there. You've got a bunch of other guys that aren't going to make the roster. There's no chance of it. Um, so so maybe that's the way they go. I, I would have told you two weeks ago before Nick Sirianni raved about him that Boston Scott might actually be the odd man out because of Kenny Gainwell. But now, you know, Nick Sirianni just raves about how much he loves Boston Scott. I've been on the Boston Scott is on the bubble like thought process for like several weeks now and yeah like it actually surprises me how much it seems like that won't happen anymore like even yeah. at the practice they introduced Boston Scott they didn't introduce Jordan Howard they didn't introduce Carrion Johnson they didn't introduce most of the running backs they introduced Boston Scott and I was just like huh interesting okay yeah. so I guess this is a guy that they really are are hot to, to keep on I, this roster. I was I, I didn't think he was going to make the team last year. I remember being at the Eagles Monday Night Football game against the Giants in 2019, end of the year in December. It was a rainy game, huge comeback. And I just remember watching him on the field and be like, it was my first time seeing him live in person be like, yeah, I mean, he's okay, but he's nothing special. And and he just keeps holding on because whether it's he's a good play, team player, good teammate, whatever, he, he – People like him. He's just not as fast as people think. He's just not as strong as people think. And I think you could do better. And I think ultimately Kenny Gainwell will be pushing him off the playing field pretty well. Yeah, you have to hope that the rookie is going to be able to uh, steal some snaps from Boston Scott if that ends up being the case. But, like, you have to wonder, like, is on Johnson literally, like, almost out of the league? Is Jordan Howard almost done his career mm -hmm. after – they had such strong beginnings in their mm -hmm. career in the NFL. That would surprise me if neither one of them made the team. I was thinking that at least we'd have one power back behind Miles Sanders just as a, a change of pace kind of wide receiver because uh, – running back, sorry. Because Miles Sanders is a receiving running back, and he's definitely going to be used in that capacity. We saw at the practice that he was catching balls from Jalen Hurts on just – different routes and so they do intend to use Miles Sanders in that run game and passing game um it is going to be interesting to see who ends up on the field during these plays because if you have all these different wide receivers running backs doing all these different things I'm curious to even know what the offense is going to end up looking like you're going to have to be really aware as the quarterback who's on the field right now. What can I, what can we do? What can we call? Because who's available to you at that moment? 
Um, so you, you keep bringing up the open practice, you know, got about five minutes left with you here. Um, was there anything else that stood out in the open practice to you? You know, anybody that jumped off the page, things you saw, we're, we're doing a big DSM tailgate and open practice show uh, at the next one on the 22nd. You should come, you know, join our your tailgate and all. We got a huge party. We're giving away a Devontae Smith jersey at the tailgate. Give me the deets, all right? Just let me know. Yeah, I will, I will send you the details on that. Um, so what did who stood out to you? What was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, it stood out to me that Zach Ertz's hair is very, very bright. <laughs> um, it stood out to me that uh, Quez Watkins is really coming in strong. Like, he looked great out there. I was looking at him like he was a top – like, definitely a wide receiver three option, if nothing else. Like, everybody's talking about the left tackle – like competition and I'm like yeah that's great and all but like that's the one that's just like like low hanging fruit in some ways plus is gonna potentially win a starting role that nobody anticipated like I'm I'm almost certain that he's going to fight Fulgham for another opportunity to play on the outside uh, with maybe Rager playing on the inside um, Rager looked good um, I think that it's almost a little bit of a blessing in disguise, and it sounds strange to say that, but a blessing in disguise that Devontae Smith is uh, taking less snaps in this offseason because we know he's working, like mm -hmm. constantly working. He's going to be healthy for the season. He's going to be good. He is diligent. These other guys are getting these reps because they need them, and he is you know, going to benefit from having – more talented people on the field with him because of that. Um, well, we got we got a question here from a man, Jason, here. Check it in. Uh, did you know – well, first off, from what you've seen online and all, but also at the practice, anything on Zach McPherson, uh, your thoughts on him? Because uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic with what I've seen so far online about this kid. Yeah, it was really strange because he ran out to, like, play on the field, and I was like, it feels like – sacrilegious to watch somebody else wear 27 after Malcolm Jenkins wore it for the Eagles. Um, so that was like my initial reaction just to like, be like, whoa, okay. He's in 27. That feels weird. Um, kid looks good. Like I think that he needs a lot more development. So I'm not going to say like he should be a starter, but I think it's almost beneficial for him to have Steven Nelson come in, you know, recently, uh, because that helps his development on either side of the ball. He'll understand the game from a veteran's perspective. And it sounds like Slay has really taken him under his wing and tried to give him more understanding of, you know, you're, you're doing this, you should, you know, consider doing this and like in the moment trying to, and that seems to be a trickle down effect from this coaching staff is, in the moment when you're making mistakes, like addressing them right there. Um, and we haven't seen that in previous uh, coaching staffs. And honestly, like if, if you think about all these different players that we've had over the like course of time that we've drafted and they just fall off, like nothing happens with them. I was so hopeful that, you know, Jay Jaw would be a guy that would develop under uh, Sirianni and it just, I literally watched him on the field and he was dropping everything. And I was just like, uh, that, that breaks myself and George's heart so much. I, I really, 
really want him to prove me wrong. Maybe it was a bad night for him. It really hurt me to like not be able to root for him to like come back. But we've got these young rookies in McPherson who was taken later than we ever wanted a, a cornerback to be yeah. addressed in this draft. Everybody wanted one in the second round. And of course, our first and second round player we're not playing uh, in that open practice. So okay. it's a little frustrating that we didn't get a cornerback earlier, but McPherson looks to be like a, a potential diamond in the rough. No, that's good. You brought up a good point, and I brought it up on this show a hundred times. The, the Steven Nelson signing is huge for McPherson because it gives him the opportunity to just take his time. And yeah, I've said no it rush. also. No, no, yeah, no rush. I, I, I was wrong last year because I thought the same thing was happening with you know, Kayvon Wallace last year, that Wallace by week three, four, five might be sliding into that starting role because I was high on him. But McPherson, I can honestly see him taking over as a starter within week four or five, you know, opposite Slay. And then that actually slides Steven Nelson into the slot. And then you move, you know, Avante Maddox as your fourth nickel cornerback as a backup safety, you know, that flex role, which his rookie year, he was his best year. When he was at, you know, flex, you know, a, a, you know, fourth cornerback, a safety when they needed a third safety, right. doing whatever, stepping up in the line. That's when Avante Maddox was at his best. So I, I think the Steven Nelson thing just has just made the Zach McPherson thing and, and, and growth so much more important and so much better. And patience. Patience is the key. We're not patient Eagles fans and Philadelphia fans. So it, it's great to see a little patience with Zach McPherson happening. Yeah, we're, we're not a patient bunch, and uh, Howie Roseman's kind of buying him some extra time, some extra leeway. Um, it's just frustrating when you're a fan base that's, like, ready for these guys to start performing. And you have Andre Dillard, who's literally played, like, how many games, and he's already hurt again. Like, the frustration that you have with some of this injury stuff is going to wear on you. So... It just sucks that, like, some of these guys give you a bad taste on, like, Howie Roseman's ability to draft, and then you just assume that everybody after them will suck. Um, but it seems like Howie Roseman's pretty good at drafting later in the rounds because Milton Williams seems to be very promising from what we've heard on him. Uh, Jordan Maialata was a steal in the seventh round if he's going to be the answer at, at left tackle, Absolutely. let's be for real. Um, so let's let's honestly look at the full picture. I know that's hard to miss out on a first round pick. We have three next year. Cannot miss on those. Definitely need to upgrade uh, on both sides of the ball next year. And the 2022 draft looks like it's absolutely loaded. So hopefully with Wentz potentially being available week one, he keeps us in that third first round pick opportunity for next year. Hopefully. Well, again, I've already taken up all your time for the night. So thank you so much for joining me. This, this is an honor to have, you know, have you on the show. Again, Football Kelly on Eagles Unfiltered. She does a great podcast. Her episode with Mark Farzetta just dropped this week. Great episode. Um, do you have any other guests coming up, uh, book, that you want to announce? Or is that still secret stuff there? No, no, no. I don't think I have secret stuff necessarily. <laughs> I'm recording with Mike Clay from ESPN tomorrow on a okay. fantasy football episode, trying to give people little expectations on what the Eagles are doing. He's an analytical guy, lots of numbers, looks at – he actually creates the forecast for players uh, for their projections on the year. Uh, so 
getting his insights on what to expect on the fantasy level and the Eagles 2021 year because he's from this area and, you know, it's good to talk ball ahead of the season on uh, the fantasy level even. So should be fun. Uh, definitely excited to talk to him about that and definitely appreciate you having me on tonight. Much appreciated. Again, make sure everybody following this show follows Football Kelly at football underscore Kelly. She's one of the best. Appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for coming on, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. See ya. All right. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening to that portion of the show with Football Kelly. Now we're going to start rotating in some other guests onto this show. First one in the in, in the room here, we got Mark, CEO of Statement Games, one of the best fantasy sites out there. Uh, if you haven't ever checked out his site, statementgames.com. Great site. I see the banner in the background with the logo. Love it. What's up, Mark? How you doing? Doing all right, man. It's been a while. How's everything going? Absolutely great. We just wrapped up Football Kelly. Now we're bringing you in. We're bringing in Mr. Justin, not Sean Connery here. We're going to call him the Albany's you know, authority on the New York Giants. Uh, writes a great blog, uh, frommychair.com. Uh, uh, check him out. We greatly appreciate that. Um, guys, this is the part of the offseason where, as an Eagles fan, I like to start taking a look at our division rivals. You know, you guys are both Giants fans, Giants people that cover the team. Um, follow it super closely. Mark, you're a season ticket holder for what, 30 years now? Uh, they've been in my family for a while. I, I personally have had the ticket since the new stadium opened, so I forget when that was. That's um, awesome. So, was Justin, 2000, what, what, 2011, I guess. Yeah. Justin, tell us about your, your fandom and you know where your blog uh, started and stuff like that. Uh, well, I've been I've been a fan since like the eighties. Um, my my dad, my uncle, my my grandfather, um, just just we've all we've always been giant fans, and um, I just kind of followed the team, you know, basically since I came in the world. Um, so I've just always followed the team, you know, like the team. Eli Manning is a great, you know, great inspiration to me, and 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 all that. So. It's it's just nice to vlog about something that I you know I'm passionate about. Awesome. So guys, I did like a whole boatload of research prepping for this section on the New York Giants, and I left my notebook at work. So I wrote down before the show started in three minutes, like just like key points here. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna really rely on you. So as an Eagles fan, before we talk about the Giants offseason and what we expect of them this year, are you guys still really upset that we let the Washington football team a win in week 16 or 17 last year. Mark? Mark hey, look, you know what? When you, when you only kind of like, you know, put up like, you know, six wins, you can't really, you know, get mad at kind of like, you know, anything. So, um, hey, it, it, no, I, I let it go. I let it go kind of like a while ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say I let it go too, but in, in the moment it was, it was pretty frustrating. I mean, yeah, I, I just couldn't understand. Hey, don't get me wrong. Halftime, I'm like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but come on now. I mean, you got you. Did you really want to make the playoffs with six wins? Come on. I mean, yes. Okay. Uh, that's <laughs> that's how time, I yeah. yeah. I want to make the playoffs with six wins too. All right. Yeah, for the playoffs. Absolutely, you want to make the playoffs. Yeah, you so, start I mean, running we, through these different scenarios. All right, you know what? You know, you owe Tom Brady one. He's going to come back into your building week one. <laughs> Next thing you know, by like the end of the first quarter of that game, here I had the Giants going to the Super Bowl. But then again, I guess every fan kind of like you know does the same thing, you know. 
<laughs> I mean, so I mean, making the playoffs is important for young players. George jumping in already. T- time for Danny Dimes talk. That was the first thing I want to ask you guys, Justin. I'll start with you. You know, how first off, like how important this year is. I mean, I wrote down Daniel Jones. We're going to talk about Saquon. You know, a bunch of different people on the on the Giants. You know, outlook here. But I think everything is going to have to revolve around Daniel Jones. Does he take that next step? I don't think he will. I think he's probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL um, at this point that are starting because I, I just haven't seen much again, except for when he you know ran for 600 yards against the Eagles. Um, so, Justin, what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones and whether he can take that next step forward in the progression this year? Yeah, I think I think he can. I think he's got to do a couple things though. I think he's got to first be upright. The line's got to protect for him. He can't he can't be a punching bag. Um, you know, he can't be, you know, fucking sacks and, and all that. You know, he's gotta he's gotta protect the ball. He's gotta he can't be fumbling as much as he as he has. Um I think I think if if the line protects him and he, he cleans up the turnovers, he could have a good year. Uh, Mark, what are your thoughts on on Mr. Danny Dimes, as George likes to call him? It's uh, I guess that's a lot of ifs here, but but look, I, I think he actually has proven a lot here. I mean, from uh, I guess watching everything from an eyeball perspective, he can make all the throws. He knows how to like run the offense. He knows how to like you know lead. Um, obviously, you know a little bit of like the injury bug like you know last year here, but you know I, I think what was just said a couple of seconds ago is what's going to dictate what the Giants or the organization and the league thinks of this uh, this quarterback this year, which is can he protect the football? So uh, I mean. I don't really don't think there's much excuses. The offensive line has actually improved. Uh, a bunch of you know weapons that have kind of like you know brought in to uh, to help him kind of like an out here. Hopefully, you kind of like you know getting Saquon back sooner rather than later. He's still kind of like you know very optimistic that he'll kind of like be in the lineup for for week one. You have kind of like the wide receivers. You're looking for guys like Ingram to take a step forward here and. I think, you know, it's it just he's got to protect the ball. That That's the only thing that this guy has to do on a more consistent basis to to literally take that next step, and I think he will. I, I think there's a lot of, you know, correlations between Daniel Jones and the Giants and how you guys feel about him, but on an outside, you know, outsider looking in, looks negatively, but also with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, you know, their situation. You know, Daniel Jones, injuries, Saquon Barkley already brought that up. The offensive line tattered. The Eagles' offensive line was tattered last year. You know, no weapons for him really to throw the ball to. So while I say I'm not sold on him, he really hasn't been put in a, a position to succeed really in his first two years, has he? I don't. I don't think he has. I mean, he hasn't. He hasn't had weapons, and this year he has weapons. So I think this is the year he's got to. He's got to prove himself. He's got to step up. Do you agree with that? Well, I, I always thought that he kind of like, you know, had weapons. and Yeah, I, mean, I kind of thought I he had weapons before last year when Saquon went down. You know, I, I thought there was some weapons, just not enough. I just think it's a completely, like, different league here. I mean, I, I'd say that almost, like, 50% of the teams in the NFL can kind of complain about their offensive line. I mean, guys like Mahomes don't necessarily have a, a solid offensive line kind of like, you know, in Kansas City. You just have to know how to run the offense and actually, you know, make plays. And, look, I'm not necessarily saying that he should be, I guess, compared to or playing on the level as like a Mahomes here, but he's – there's no more excuses. You know, I mean, yeah. you have a second-year offensive coordinator. You know the system. Second-year kind of like, you know, head coach here. You've addressed some of the challenges that are facing – 
the uh, I guess you know offense kind of like you know in general you get in your spot kind of like a running back back stay healthy protect the ball and see what the kids got. That's yeah. really what it comes down. Yeah, to. yeah and George with some great jokes coming in here because you know we're, we're Eagles fans. You know he's bringing all the heat. You know if only Daniel Jones had Devonte Smith to throw the ball to this upcoming season. Listen, um, George, obviously, I just know, chill out as much like as you guys were here. You know this is our time here. You had your Eagles talk for the past thirty minutes. <laughs> It's been a frustrating past couple of years. Leave us alone. Screw you with the playoffs. Screw us with the playoffs. We can never beat the freaking Eagles ever. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I want to ask you. Honestly, you guys trade it back. It was a surprise, you know, that you guys trade it back there from, I think you guys were at, you know, 11 or whatever after we, you know, jumped you guys there. And you you drafted Kadarius Toney, wide receiver, with your 20th pick. Um you know, yeah, George lived in New York. I think his son's in the uh, military there up in upstate New York. So G- George has some New York connections too. Um, uh, we'll start with you, Mark. Thoughts on Kadarius Tony? I've read some reports of some inconsistency in camp so far, um, but just your thoughts on him as a wide receiver, as that consolation prize, as that weapon. I mean, honestly, going into the draft, I didn't. He wasn't even on my radar because he wasn't in that top three, four wide receiver group that the Eagles were looking at in the top twelve picks. So. What, what are your thoughts on him as a wide receiver? Uh, I mean, look, it's not like I kind of like, you know, sat there and watched a lot of, uh, you know, Florida games, kind of like you know, from a college football perspective. It was definitely a surprise seeing them kind of like, you know, draft the wide receiver, kind of like, you know, like a position, even though they kind of like, you know, trade it back here. I mean, look, the only thing that I can kind of like, you know, say about this guy here, he better be the best special teams player in the history of kind of like in the world here. So, <laughs> Uh, I, I guess he's got speed. He's got talent. Um, in the NFL, you, I'm sure one of these guys are going to get hurt and where he's going to have an opportunity to jump in and go ahead and play here. If he takes some pressure off of guys like you know Peppers from a special teams perspective and returning punts and kind of like you know, kickoffs, which is something that the Giants never actually have. And, um, you know, let's kind of like, you know, see. I mean, Judge is – he comes from a special teams kind of like you know, background. So if he sees something from – you know, uh, a specialty kind of like a position from from a, a. I'm not even sure if he would actually kind of like you know play like a true wide. I mean, they potentially can have him lined up in a, in a variety of different kind of like spots. Maybe even like in the backfield, the slot. Who the heck you know? Who who the heck actually knows? But um, yeah, I, he better be he better be a, a pretty good special teams player. And then we'll uh, I guess readdress that question in six to seven weeks. <laughs> Justin, were you a fan of them trading back to get Tony? Or should they have stayed at twelve or eleven and drafted somebody else? Uh, it, when it first happened, I was I was skeptical, but then I, I saw I've seen some highlights of of Darius Tony, and I think you know Jason Garrett, you know he can put him all over the field. I mean, you know when he gets to the you know when he gets acclimated to the offense, and, and I think he could be he could be a real a real asset to them. He could be out of the backfield. He could be you know in the slot. You know, on the outside, he could he could pretty much be anywhere, and I, th- I think that's that was the draw for for picking him. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, you know how he starts out, and you know where they put him, and you know how they use him. But I mean, I think they could, if they use him properly, it, it, it could really work out for him. Yeah, I I always say that you 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 phrased it right. The initial reaction, we all overreact on draft night. No matter who our favorite team is, we we, we never get the guy we wanted. Or if we do, we're way too excited or way too depressed. You got to let it marinate. You got to let it sit for a little bit, and right. you know, then digest it and see see like a week later, two weeks later. I always tell people on in any sport, don't 
hold me to any draft night overreactions. That's so, yeah, George phrased one of my questions here uh, pretty well. What your guys' thoughts are of Joe Judge? I mean, seriously, are you sold? Because, I mean, that's a great way to say it. Are you sold, seriously? Because, obviously, as an outsider looking in, you know, multiple guys retiring, you know, unexpectedly. You had the big fight in camp. You guys were 6-10 and 10 last year. He's a young, I think he's, what, 38, 39-year-old, second-year head coach. Are Giants fans and people that watch this team closely sold in, sold on Joe Judge being the, the head coach of this team now and going forward into the future? Justin, you could take it first if you want. Yeah, um, I, I, I am. I, I think he, he could, he could definitely be the guy for for a while for the Giants. I think it's, I think his style is is more like like a Tom Coughlin style, like no nonsense, like just you know, you know, like uh, the old Belichick, you know, saying you know, do your job. You know, I, I think he, he really being from New England, he you know really had that you know ingrained in him, and he's really ingrained that in the Giants. And from from everything that I've read from from players and everything, they they love him. So, you know, yeah, I, I definitely hope he's the guy. I think he's the guy. I you know I, I hear things about you know they make him run laps in practice and and you know you know he punished them after the fight and whatever. But but that's great. Shows he has control of the room. You know, so I think I think he could definitely be the guy moving forward. Mark. So just repeat that question. It, it's what do Are I you personally think of Judge? Leading this team, you know, this year and into the future, Joe Judge. You know, I like I said, the, you know, yeah. like he brings up the fight and running laps. I mean, it seems like as an outsider, he's running it like a high high school team or a college team, not a a professional team. I mean, if you take a, I don't know. This is just my opinion here. Just take everything that takes place in any particular training camp, whether it's the Giants and everything, and just completely throw it out the window. There's fighting every single every Absolutely. single year. There's a fight, kind of like you know, in kind of like you know, training camp. And so what? So the coach made you freaking you know run a lap, you know, grow up, you know. I mean, is that really gonna you know kind of like, you know, piss you off? And it's not like they're. You know, it's not like, you know, Herb Brooks in the 1980 U.S. Olympic team where they're kind of like, you know, doing, you know, line to line, kind of like, you know, sprints and where the team's ready to drop dead before Ruzioni has to kind of like, you know, say something here. Guys, some people made a mistake. Coaches made a mistake. You take a lap. I mean, anybody who's been playing some type of competitive sport, even if it's at the junior high school level, I mean, if you're going to throw a stink about running a lap here, I mean, come on, give, give me a break here. But from an overall kind of like a perspective, um, I think Giant fans want to be sold on Judge. Um, me, kind of like, you know, personally, I, I, I want to be sold kind of like, you know, on Judge here. But at the end of the day here, it's a second-year uh, head coach who's coming off a six-win season. So am I kind of like, you know, 100% all in on Joe Judge here? Um, no, absolutely not here. Um, I mean – this has been a tough stretch for Giant fans over the past. What was it, 2012, the last time you guys won more than half your games? And yeah, I think and, and there was that one playoff play appearance kind of like with McAdoo before you got blown out kind of like in Green Bay and the whole Beckham boat party kind of like kind of thing over here. Right. This has not been an easy stretch. So I, I'm not sold on anything from a Giant kind of like a perspective. Um, so I, I think it's more from a perspective of well, can I can I rephrase this yeah, then? Sure. How long is your leash for him then, Mark? Like, I are you going to give him the full year and then judge in the offseason and still give him next year? You know, depending on how it goes, or if this year's a dumpster fire, or even like another six win season, is he done in your book? 
Does he need to no, do a certain I, I, I thing this year to to convince you? Can't. You can't, you, you can't kind of like, you know, go through your, your, your third hood coach in the past kind of like, you know, six mm-hmm. years. So regardless of how they actually perform him, I think, you know, we're with Judge for another couple of years. Um, you know, uh, I can't necessarily stay the same about kind of like, you know, the GM. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again here, I mean, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, you know, possible here. I mean, th- you get, you really have to have almost like a two or three win season with complete kind of, this, this fraction amongst kind of like in the team for anything dramatic at the whole at the head coaching position to uh, to change going into the following year. So Justin, so he says, you know, you got a little bit of a long release on Judge. You know, George chiming in that Gettleman's the one that's going to be gone. How about Daniel Jones? Is his leash shorter then, or does you know you know there's a lot of quarterbacks every year that come out in the draft that get drafted in the first round. You guys, yeah. if you guys stink, just like the Eagles. You know, there'll be quarterbacks to take in the early first round. Is this, is this, is, is Daniel Jones' leash shorter or longer than, uh, than Joe Judge? I, I say, I say give, give Daniel Jones, yeah, give, give him, give him another couple of years. I, I can't see them, see them moving on after, after this year, even if it's, you know, still, uh, you know, eight, eight, eight or eight, nine season or, or seven and 10 season or what have you. Um, I, I, I see a lot of potential in Daniel Jones and, and I hope that that comes to fruition this year. So I, I think it's, I think Daniel Jones, Joe judge, all of it's going to come to, I, I think, and again, I'm an outsider. I think it comes back to Saquon Barkley. He's definitely the best player on the team. In my opinion, you know, at least before the injury, the most talented player on the team, you know, Hey, how has he looked? You know, in I mean, I know he just reported or just started practicing what yesterday or two days ago. You know, is it right to think that if he's not a hundred percent, like does your does your whole season hinge on Saquon Barkley being healthy, Mark? I, I don't necessarily think so. I, I don't think the whole well, I mean I mean, they he is have like a lot of kind of like weapons and things like that. And I think just in today's kind of like, you know, NFL, I mean, are you really kind of like the really, you know, your offensive unit dependent on a running back in today's kind of like, you know, uh, NFL? I mean, I think it kind of like, you know, helps. I mean, if basically Saquon can actually give you almost like 75% of what we actually gave you in his rookie year, I mean, you got kind of like an extra game. We're not kind of like you know, asking that much of him. I mean, give us. I don't know, 1,100 yards kind of like in a rushing and another 600 yards kind of like in receiving here, if which is completely doable for somebody of that kind of like, you know, talent level. If you get any type of, you know, number production for them here, the Giants offense is, is going to be good. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, do you agree with that, Justin? You were shaking your head yes, like you agreed on all of that oh, there. Definitely. definitely. I, I think he's an electric player. I think if, he's, if he stays healthy, you know, sky's the limit. Absolutely. I actually – Justin chiming in, you know, if, if Saquon's healthy and Galladay, I honestly, you know, totally forgot Kenny Galladay was even on the Giants there for, for a half a second. We're talking about all these other guys. Tony has their big, you know, rookie draft pick, you know, Tony, Galladay, Saquon, you know, that I guess actually there's no excuses then. I think it's, it's also important to kind of like understand. It's, it's not like Saquon has had injuries. He, he got hurt. You know, yeah. it's not like he's, Hey, you know what? I'm I'm bruised up this week. I can't kind of like you know go. It, it, there's not necessarily a track record kind of like you know of that. So hopefully he's healed. He's kind of like, you know come back. Um, and yeah, 
you know, staying I think running healthy, backs are, like- are when an ACL tear happens, running backs are the position I'm the most skeptical in football with because it's it's not necessarily you know the straight running, it's the confidence they have when they go to make a cut, you know, especially early on. And then they can hurt something else if their mind is not fully healed and confident in that knee. You know, they go to make a cut and then something happens. So, you know, that that's why I won't I won't say I'm sold on him, you know, and the Giants or not, but I also won't write them off because until I see him on the field, you know, week one, because you know they're not going to play him in preseason games. You know, until I see him on the field in week one, I can't make a judgment on Saquon Barkley yet. And yeah, his his whole stick is his ability to to cut. So exactly. that that that's going to be a problem if he can't do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the All consistency right, so. that you've seen a couple of years ago. So let, let, let's let's wrap the whole Giants, you know, offseason in a bow. We didn't even talk defense and all. We talk offense because the football only cares about offense and, you know, fans. Nobody cares. I care about defense. I wanted the Eagles to draft defense. I love defense. I love hard-nosed football. You know, I'm older like you, Mark. You know, we like, yeah, we like, yeah. we like the smash-mouth football. You know, so all things considered, you know, Andrew Thomas continuing his progression as that left tackle, protecting Daniel Jones' blind side. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley being healthy, Joe Judge taking that next step. Justin, what's your outlook on the Eagles or on the Giants? And how do you feel? You know, I don't ask anybody for predictions till week, but right before week one of the season starts. It's never, it's it's always too soon in the offseason to say, I think they're going to win 10 games or whatever. But as a whole, how do you think the Giants season will fare this year? I think they're they're trying in the right direction. Um, I think I, I think the they could definitely definitely improve upon the, the six and ten record. You know, um, last year they were in a lot of games and they could have won a lot more games than they did. Um, you know, if, if the ball bounced a, a few different ways. Um, but I, I definitely see them improving this year. I think I think the second year under you know Joe Judge and Jason Garrett and you know Patrick Graham with the defense. I think I think that it, it could come together nicely. You know, I'm, I'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna win the Super Bowl by any stretch or you know, you know, but I think they'll they'll compete and they'll they'll play hard and and, and continue to, to improve. Where where are you looking at them, Mark? Do you agree with well, what Justin had to say there or well well um, I yes and no. Um I mean basically you get an extra game here so I see kind of like you no know, reason as to why they're not going seventeen and out. I mean you can just kinda of like you know, lock lock it in and kinda of like, you know, go from there. But yeah, I I completely <laughs> I completely. Agree. I love the optimism. Seventeen and zero. Seventeen and zero. Just, just fifteen just, and two because you'll lose to the Eagles twice because they're going seventeen and zero. There you go. All right. there you go. Uh, look, they're an improved team, but take a step back here. It's not like we're asking this team to do much to be an improved team here. This is still a six-win team, um, and a little worse than that, kind of like the year before that here. So to take that next step here. You're not necessarily asking. I'll tell you what, they better be improved team because if they're not improved team here, you got bigger problems and bigger things that need to be addressed that we're not even actually thinking about right now. To ask this team to get more than seven, eight wins, uh, seven, eight wins is not asking a lot. And if you can actually still kind of like, you know, a game or two, you know, kind of like, you know, so be it. But, uh, you know, benchmark set it at eight and kind of like, you know, go from there. I mean, again, it's the NFC East. It's probably the weakest, you know, division. 
Excuse me. Yeah, division let's just say football. Prescott from down and Dallas is coming back 100%. Can I get a healthy? Yeah. Well, that, that, that's exactly. I, I mean, there, I'm not, I'm not sold on the Giants or the, the Cowboys because Dak, I mean, that Dak injury, uh, atrocious. And now he's got a sore shoulder, too, on top of that. You know, the, 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 the NFC East is uh, is wide open for any team to win at this point. Um, because obviously, if the Reds, or the Washington football team can win it seven games last year, you know, anybody could win it with seven games this year. But on that note, you know, the Eagles, you know, this is an Eagles show. You know, you're here. I, I like to see outsiders' perspectives on the Eagles. Like you said, Mark, you know, they were, the Giants were a six-win team. You can only have so many expectations going into this year. The Eagles were only a four-win team last year. You know, so expectations are low for the Eagles, but we're trying to find ways to quantify what success is for the Eagles this year. So I love Mark. And then, Justin, what are your thoughts on, first off, just Jalen Hurts as a whole? as a quarterback in this football league, you know, well, they, George is saying it perfectly. Would you take Daniel Jones over Jalen Hurts right now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, 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 and Justin's agreeing with that. Well then Mark, what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts? Uh, hold on. Hold on. Let, me, let me interrupt you. Yep. Mind you, I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. <laughs> right. So before, If you don't want to get muted, you better watch your words. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I think he's obviously got a lot of athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was pretty unfair to stick him in that situation that they stuck him in kind of like in the last year. So now you actually have a full offseason kind of like you know, with the team, a full kind of like, you know, training camp, a lot of kind of like, you know, I guess changes from a coaching perspective with the Eagles kind of like, you know, taking place here. But um, Eagles are younger and an athletic kind of like, you know, team. So, I mean, basically, I mean, I'll just lump up the division in a nutshell. You want to kind of like, you know, go ahead throw the Giants, the Redskins, and the Eagles in, in one particular category. You want to give Dallas a game, game and a half kind of like, you know, edge going into the season. Um, I, I think it's that's how I'm kind of like going to break them down to the division. So to answer your question here, I give the Eagles just as good of a chance to compete within this division as the other three teams that apply. Justin, thoughts on Hurts and the Eagles as a whole? Yeah, I think, I think Hurts, you know, with the – you know, with the offseason under his belt and, you know, the, the more reps and everything and, and playing with Devontae Smith, I mean, that could be a, a scary combination. I mean, that could yeah. be – they could be really, really good together. Um, I think I think Hurts is a really exciting player. Um, I, I think if he's given, you know, the, uh, the opportunity to, you know, prove himself and play how he can play, the Eagles are going to be – are going to be fine, you know, and, and especially if, if – Smith produces and, you know, their defense, you know, helps out. They're, they're going to be fine too. And I, I, I agree that the division on the whole is a, a, a toss up. I mean, because all that's going to happen is the four of them are, are just going to beat the hell out of each other, you know, whenever they play each other. So it's going to come down to those, you know, you know, intra-conference and, and, you know, conference games, you know, where they play other teams, you know, to, to really decide it because they're all, they're all just going to beat the hell out of each other. I mean, I, there's no better football than watching NFC. The Eagles play the Cowboys. The Giants play the, 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 the Cowboys or Washington play the Eagles. I mean, NFC East football is, you know, smash you mouth. Take a look football. at that division. Are you really going to be surprised if the Eagles win the division? I'm, no, I'm not. I mean, I won't yeah, be surprised. I, I, but I'm not, I'm not going to say the Eagles are going to win the division because they win 10 games or 11 games and have this amazing season. If the Eagles or the Giants win the division, and I'm not saying this to be you know rude to you guys, it's because the rest, the Washington and Dallas are bad you know, or worse than they're supposed to be. Because 
you know, in my mind, Washington getting Ryan Fitzpatrick, I know he's older, you know, helps that team out a little bit more than having Alex Smith. Their defense is still great. And Dallas, if Dak is healthy, Dallas could score with anybody in the league. So I think they're better than Philadelphia and New York. Well, you know, Phil, I mean, we're, we're old enough here. I mean, but if you remember when we were younger here, you know, winning 10 games was, was kind of like you know, a good kind of like a year. It just seems <laughs> like, you know, if you're not 16 and one or 15 and kind of like, you know, two here, you kind of like, you know, stink. And I think pick one of those four teams, one of those teams will, will get to, to 10, maybe 11 kind of like, you know, wins. Everybody else is basically kind of like, you know, going to be in that six to nine range. And that's just, that's just the way that the division is. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm looking at for, uh, for the upcoming season. Justin. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. I think, I think it's, it's going to be a close division all year. I think, you know, like I said, like I said, they're, gonna, they're just going to, you know, beat up each other and, you know, it, it's going to be kind of a war of attrition, whoever, you know, last man standing kind of thing. You know, I mean, it'll probably come down for the last couple of weeks of the season. But, I mean, yeah, you know, 9-10, 9-10 wins, you know, that's that's going to do it. And then, you know, the others will have, like, you know, six or seven, I think. Yeah, no. I think the division got better against the rest of the league. So, in a lot of different scenarios, I think the division has actually gotten better. It's not to say that they're, they're the best, but, you know, in this specific unique situation here, I think all four teams um, – kind of improved from last year. So that's, that's interesting that you say that because last year going into the season, I thought the entire NFC East as a whole, anybody could have won it and anyone could have made it outside of the Packers. I really thought the rest of the NFC as a whole was pretty like level. You had six, seven, eight teams in my mind that could have all competed for the right to go to the Super Bowl. Whereas in the uh, AFC, it was, it was it was it was Kansas City. It was Buffalo. That was pretty much it. That really Tennessee maybe that had a shot, you know. And again, I think this year is shaping up the same way. Where in the AFC, you can pretty much flip a coin whether it's going to be Kansas City or Buffalo. Tennessee, very smidgen close behind there. But in the a- NFC, you know, if you win your division, if you win the NFC East, you have just as good of a chance as anybody else of making a run in the playoffs because. You know, is there a really a team that's that over the top dominant in the NFC Out, outside of Tampa Bay now? You know, I'm kind of forgetting about Tampa Tom there for a second. No, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree as well. Um, you know, you, you hear about Tampa, but I mean, I mean, I think I think the conference on the whole, I mean, it's it's definitely definitely there's going to be a lot of a lot of teams, you know, that can definitely come out of the, the NFC. I guess what I'm saying is the AFC is a lot more top-heavy, and the NFC, everybody's bunched more together. So whoever right. wins the NFC, whether it's the Giants, Washington, Dallas, Eagles, you know, any of them could, you know, all you got to do is get hot at the right moment. And then, you know, once you get to the playoffs, we've seen worse teams make runs in the playoffs. I mean, right. the Giants weren't a good team when they won the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah, and this year, this is, what, the first time that it's just the number one seed that Oh, that was last year. They did that oh, last year as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's different, you know. You know, so you, you get in the playoffs, you know, you upset somebody and, and you go on a run. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So again, this is DSM Media. This is trending for four quarters. This is the first in our three-part series looking at the NFC East. 
Got Mark Solano from Statement Games here, season ticker holder of the Giants, one of the best here. We got Justin Connery. I just want to keep saying Sean. I, I'm sure you've heard it your whole life. I just want to keep saying Sean Connery. I was hoping you had like some kind of accent when you came on the air. It's the first time um, you've even seen me on the air. So No. I, I, I just say, they say, are you related to Sean? I say, no, and I don't have his money either. So Yeah, I was just going to say, you should say, sure. I'm just waiting on that check. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so real quick, before we sign this off and wrap this show up, I want to give you guys each a few moments. You know, Mark first, you know, promote Statement Games. Tell everybody what they're expecting with Statement Games, where they can find it and, and you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. So so we do have connect, you know, apps. Um, obviously, you know, Apple App Store, Statement Games, Fantasy Sports, or simply www.statementgames.com. Um, we're just a game. Uh, we're a game. We've created a different form of fantasy sports. It's free to play. Typical example is Giants are playing the Eagles. I present people with a list of anywhere between 50 to 60 props, hence the company name statements that are specific to that sporting event. Jalen Hurts over or under 175 yards passing. <laughs> Daniel Jones over or under 425 yards passing. <laughs> Giants will win by 20 or they'll win by 30. So uh, basically you go through all these different prop scenarios. You're picking 10 of them. You're ranking them in order of confidence from 10 through 1. So as that sporting event plays out, if your number 10 pick becomes correct, you get 10 points. If 9th or under incorrect, you just have a total of 10 points. If you'll play in a league of anywhere between 8 to 12 people, Person with the most points from correct picks wins. It's free to play. You're playing for statement games credits. And uh, your goal is to rack up as many of these credits as you possibly can. And when you're ready, you exchange them for a cash gift card of your choice. So we have a whole reward shop. There's probably about 80 different kind of like, you know, merchants, Starbucks, Nike, on the armor, Macy's. You exchange your credits for a cash gift card of your choice. So hopefully you guys will uh, be willing to check it out. We actually have yeah. our week one NFL game kind of like, you know, up right now. For anybody who's listening to the show, if you drop a comment in the um, in the box, we've got a couple of weeks. But if you go ten for ten with your week one picks, I'll personally come to the table with a uh, two hundred bucks. So, got to go ten for ten with your picks. Yeah. But statementgames.com, in addition to playing for the credits, the, I, I, the I'll make sure I put all the links on Twitter and everything there for everybody go. as well. Check it out. Um, and I'm a star. It's so, not just you know, football. They yeah. do baseball. They do basketball, hockey. I've been I've been trying. I've won a couple of the golf statement yeah, game contests. You know, I, I got them pretty well. You I know. got an internal bet going for uh, for tonight's uh, Dodgers Phillies game. So, oh, I, you know, it was in a rain yeah. delay when we went live at nine o'clock. So I don't even know if the game <laughs> come out of the rain delay. So, so, so we'll see. But hopefully, you know, that gives you an idea yeah. of who we are, what we do, and I am a startup. So please, any feedback yeah. that you can give me, good or bad, on what I can be doing better, I uh, I welcome it. Appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate. You know, it. Yeah, I, I love so. statement games, guys. Anybody watching still, I love playing it because you know what? There's no pressure really. It's a free to, free app to play. Um, you know, Jason checking in saying the Phillies are losing. So it means the Dodger winning. Um, no details exactly, but yeah. So make sure everybody checks that out. Again, I'll put on my Twitter page and on the DSM Facebook and Twitter page all the statement games information, as I will also about your blog, Justin. Justin, tell everybody about your blog, where they can find you. Um, I know you cover you, you write more about than just the Giants. You cover the Yankees and other stuff. Nice. So tell everybody about everything that you can uh, find and where they can find your uh, your blog. Yeah, it's, uh, just it's, have to give you a little talking about that Celtic stuff that you got going on over here. But <laughs> your other three look pretty good. <laughs> oh, 
Well, I, I was always a Larry Bird fan, so, so I, can't, I, I can't. I can't help that. But uh, you can't help through, who you're a fan of. You can just exactly. stop being a fan of them. It's got the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and then it's got that Celtic stuff in there. I, I was like, what? What, what, what is? Dude, that would like be me saying, so it's like kind a of a Flyers fan, I'm a Rangers fan." You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, Justin. I'm this sorry, Justin. Time. Promote, promote your stuff. So, be, so basically, it's the WordPress.com. Um, and I just, you know, I've been doing a lot of, uh, lately I've been doing a lot of like, uh, Yankee recaps and everything. Um, I'm, I'm starting to get into, you know, looking more at the giants and their, their training camp and everything. It's just, it's just basically my, my thoughts on, um, the giants, the Yankees, you know, as, as progressive it's, it's going to be, you know, the Rangers and hockey and then, you know, some college hoop and, you know, I try to, I try to hit on everything and, and. And you know, tr- try to get to everything, but mainly it's going to be about the Giants and the Yankees. So awesome stuff! You know, baseball season's wrapping up, football season's about to start. Then we'll have basketball season. It's a great time for sports fans. You know, July gets a little boring after the NBA Finals, but you know, after that, you know, August it's time to start ramping back up the sports here. You know, you know, it's it's, it's a great time as a sports fan looking ahead. You know. Philly's going to just win every 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 title in every sport, but you know I'm sure the Giants and the and the Yankees will have something to say about that. As long as the Mets keep collapsing, so the Phillies yes. keep cruising, yes. that's, 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 that's all that matters. Yes, that we can agree on. Okay, so so we got two Yankees fans in the house. That that that's yeah. good. That helps as a Mets fan. I'm still not over 09 the Yankees beating the Phillies, but you know that's a t- that, that's a that's a topic for another night. Um, again, thank you both so much for coming on. Much appreciate it. Again, that's Mark Solano from Statement Games. Justin Connery, not Sean, um, from his blog over there at From My Chair. Um, make sure you check these guys out, everybody. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Great comments. Again, thank you to Football Kelly for coming on uh, in the first half hour. Uh, one of the best podcasters. She just dropped her podcast with Mark Farzetta. Farzi uh, was on her show this week. She does some great work there. Um, she's interviewed some of the best of the best. I don't know how she gets all these people to come on her show. I, I can't get half these big-time guests to come on my show. But she gets every single one. Love her. Make sure you check her out as well. Everybody, thank you. Have a great night. We'll be back next week. Next week, we're going to have the Washington football team being covered. Got some great guests lined up for that. And then the following week, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the hated Cowboys. We all here on the screen can agree that we hate the Cowboys, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Cowboys suck. So, Absolutely. I mean, I always end shows with Go Birds. But what did Giants fans say, like, as a passing thing? Go Blue. Go Blue? You guys can say go blue. I'm going to say go go birds. We're going to end this show for the night. I got a quick outro, everybody, and I'll see you guys off the air. Thanks for having me, Phil.